Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. The arcade was my church. I thought I was resting. Hey, everybody. Todd Mitchell here. It's Game Dev Breakdown. It's Cyber Monday. That means Thanksgiving is over, Black Friday is over, Game Dev Camp 2020 is over, which is an event that I mentioned last week that I was invited to speak at, digitally of course, virtually, remotely, and uh, the idea was that they were getting together speakers to basically present just uplifting, encouraging messages for students and developers, indies, anybody who was interested in attending. It was uh, streamed out over Facebook Live, so... I did put together a pre-recorded presentation, which uh, everybody was very nice about. It was nice to watch the other speakers and nice to speak to this group myself. So I thought tonight I would uh, play the audio from that presentation so you could also get the benefit of, uh, you know, any, any benefit you can from what I said over the weekend. So you will notice, of course, that the speakers who I included clips from are all people who I interviewed over the course of 2020. So they were previous podcast guests, but I felt that, okay, I'm I'm sort of getting something new out of this all over again, because it's interesting to go back and just hone in on certain points and certain messages these people had had to uh, share. And I felt that overall, there was kind of an interwoven thread of just very uplifting messaging from all these people. And and, uh, I hope that'll come through in the presentation. So hang out and check out my presentation from Game Dev Camp 2020. Hi, Game Dev Camp. Todd Mitchell here. It's a pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you to the event organizers. Thank you to you. I am the founder of a website called CodeWrite Play. I'm also the producer and host of the Game Dev Breakdown podcast. The Game Dev Breakdown podcast is my show where I interview people doing interesting things in game development. That includes professionals, indies, content creators, authors, the list goes on. Anybody I can find doing anything of interest in games, I love talking to people about what they do in this space. I've been an indie for a while myself. I am based in the greater St. Louis, Missouri area here in the United States, and I've been doing this a long time. I This started as a fun, casual thing a few years ago, and you know, when things got difficult in 2020, I noticed that my interviews and my articles took a turn for... The, the more serious. I mean, how could they not at a time like this? But as I started to gather these stories and these comments from studios and developers, I started to gather some very encouraging things. I heard a lot of messages of hope and encouragement, and I feel I have a responsibility to bring that forward to you and to anyone who's interested and who needs it right now. So together today, you're not going to hear as much from me. I'm here to present some wisdom from some real movers and shakers in our industry who have some really encouraging and really positive messages here to wrap up the year. So let's get started. You might remember at the beginning of 2020, in the first few months, game industry events started getting canceled, suspended, delayed. And while this wasn't a big deal for game industry journalists, big publishers, small indies had real problems right away. 
a lot of small studio teams were counting on connecting with publishers, meeting with other vendors, meeting with other developers they could recruit. There were a lot of different things that got disrupted in a hurry when the pandemic started to shut things down. One of the first studios I spoke with during the pandemic was Tag of Joy based in Lithuania, who had a story like this where they were absolutely depending on meeting a publisher and hopefully closing a deal. I spoke with Mingale Striakite over Twitter, who sort of explained their situation to me. Mingale said, we're from Lithuania and the game dev community here is still pretty small, but it's actually a pretty close one. Many of us are small indie studios or even just a few people working from home. It's a shame that we couldn't meet with some publishers at GDC. Meetings in real life always feel more personal and are usually more effective. Being based here in the U.S., it's hard for me to imagine the frustration, the fear, the disappointment of developing my own game at great expense, at great cost, and having an event at this scale that I was depending on canceled at the last moment. And this was a very common story. A lot of you saw, some of you may have been involved in it, and it was really heartbreaking to see this unfold early this year. Mingale continues. Luckily, we still got some emails from publishers, and we are continuing our conversation online. We also set up some meetings via calls, so as much as we miss the in-person meetings, our search is still going strong, so we're glad about that. We've had a Discord server for about a year now, so everyone's pretty used to chatting there. Our communication wasn't affected too much. We're all still active on our local community's communication channels, supporting each other, and keeping each other company during these times. Some of our team members are freelancers, so we already have some experience with remote work. We do miss the occasional chit-chats in the office over coffee, but at least we can still do most of our work with no problem. What I was so impressed by as soon as this started to unfold, some publishers, not all, but some, started to step up right away. The meetings they didn't get to do in person, they started scheduling online. I saw and heard a lot of this. A lot of publishers stepped up and a lot of studios stepped up to help the people around them make those connections. I was so impressed by that, and that was really encouraging for what turned out to be a very long year where no one felt comfortable meeting, and it would have been irresponsible to do so. So the more I saw of this, the happier I was. Let's keep going. One of the first podcast interviews I did this year was with David Jagnew from Upload VR. He's a senior editor there. He is a freelance writer who's contributed to IGN and several other very famous gaming outlets. I met him doing freelance writing also. He's written a Roblox book, and he's just a very sharp, very knowledgeable guy who I enjoyed speaking with and hearing about how his team stays pandemic-proof because they have everyone's basically remote. So this includes a VR podcast that they record in VR. And I thought it'd be fun to hear a little clip about how that works. Um, It's one of the things I look forward to most every week because it feels like I'm getting to hang out with my coworkers, even though we're all remote. You know, Heaney's in uh, Ireland, Jamie's in the UK. We've got, um, you know, Ian is down in LA. I'm up near San Francisco. Our main host is in Seattle, Kyle. Um, So, I mean, we're all over the place and it feels like we're in the same room. So not all of us can work inside virtual reality. Maybe soon, but not yet. David also had some really excellent advice on a skill set that can help you maintain your productivity and your marketability, your ability to find work during times like these. 
I'm sure this is true outside of writing as well, just, you know, any sort of freelance occupation, but, um, you know, flexibility, availability, and, you know, having a wide skill set, like those three things, um, you know, can really take you far. And um, that's that's something I've learned is, you know, with especially with the, the work that I've done at IGN, you know, I, I try to do as much as I can to take the load off because, I mean, obviously IGN is a multi-faceted media conglomerate at this point. They don't just write about video games. They, I mean, it's one of the top sites in the world. They have so much going on. Yeah. And um, I try to just take as much load off as I can. So whenever I do a review, I'll, you know, they, I write the, the written version of the review. I turn that into a 800-word script. I annotate the script with which clips to use, what timestamp, and which pieces of footage. I record the footage. Sometimes I do the VO for the, for the videos as well. And, I mean, so just if you have that skill set where you can do more than just you know, like, oh, I'm a freelance journalist. Yeah, but there's so many other things that I can do. So that, that I think that's super important. You can check out David's work at UploadVR.com. I did another print interview with Robert Hubert from Agog Entertainment. He is working with his team on an esports style game on the indie side, which is very ambitious and very cool, and it's like a marble-based shooter. Well, so... While Robert is based in the U.S., in the L.A. area, exactly where you want to be if you're working in the game industry, when things started to get canceled, he was in just as much trouble as everybody else. So I reached out to him and we spoke a little bit about his game, how they're trying to overcome the situation, and the things that are carrying them through. Robert said, Like many other hopefuls, we were all geared up to head out to GDC with meetings scheduled, parties RSVP'd to, and had our list of events and talks to attend, and I think it goes without saying that we were pretty bummed when everything started to fall apart. Spend five minutes on Twitter today, though, and it's pretty apparent that the entire indie community is feeling it. But with all that's going on, I have never seen the indie dev community more alive and banded together. In some ways, there have never been more resources available and more people available and willing to help out than we are seeing right now, and it's a change that we're embracing. It really goes to show just how awesome this community is. That set the tone for the rest of the year for me. I was so impressed by that. Robert goes on to share their strategy for staying connected and staying on top of this. For our team, we are trying to make the best of it and talk to everyone we can online and to reach out to publishers and reviewers who may now have some free time under the current circumstances. We're trying not to view it as lost opportunities, but rather just different opportunities that we may not have otherwise considered. Our advice to other devs out there finding themselves in the same situation, talk to everyone. Ask them who they're talking to, make your list, and just keep at it. Robert was great to talk to, and with that attitude, it's pretty clear they're going to come out on top. So you can check out Brutal Grounds, or you can check out my interview with him at uh, CoderiPlay.com. Let's keep going. My friend Salvatore Payne is a university-level professor who has found himself working as the writer on Retromania Wrestling, which is an indie wrestling game coming up very soon, and I thought it would be interesting to hear him talk about how the pandemic has affected his classroom and how he broke into the industry over social media. Time has melted, as I'm sure it has for you yeah. as well. So it's all through Zoom, uh, w- which is really hard for the students. You know, I really feel for them because a lot of them 
they might not have great internet in their homes. You know, they might not have their own workspace. They might have younger siblings they now have to take care of. So uh, yeah, I mean, their lives are, are really made more difficult in a variety of ways, obviously. There's nothing funny about the way the pandemic has impacted the educational process all over the globe. I'm so glad that Sal has found a way to encourage his students, move them forward, and in the meantime, has found his way into the indie writing scene. All right. So it's a, it's a funny story, actually, where uh, I just saw a tweet that they put out very early on. I reached out to them on Twitter and just said, hey, very excited about this. Looks great. You know, I've written this book about Mega Man 3. If you need anyone to come in and, you know, take a shot at writing something, you know, let me know. And I didn't really expect to hear anything. I was just trying to, you know, say I was, you know, going to support the project. But then they got in touch with me and I kind of had a long phone call with the um, with the owner of Retrosoft. We just got talking and uh, he told me he was interested in doing a story mode. And I kind of, you know, went away and thought of some ideas of what I'd like to do. He kind of gave me an idea of who would be on the roster and I came back with a, a pitch and uh, they, they went with it. So, yeah, I've been working on that on and off for about a year and not steady work. But, you know, it depends on what they need at the time. And then I jump in and kind of work on that. So it can be done. You never know which tweet, which email is going to move something forward for your career and open up a whole new world of possibilities. Congrats to Sal. We're looking forward to Retromania Wrestling, and that interview is available on Game Dev Breakdown. Let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor, App Figures. App Figures is all about helping game makers get more downloads and revenue. You know App Figures for analytics and app store optimization. Now, App Figures can help you track competitors, from downloads and earnings to their audience demographics and even which SDKs they use. Their competitor intelligence gives great context. Say a competitor adds a new feature or was mentioned in the news? With App Figures, you can see if that brought in more downloads. Have a new app or game idea? App Figures will show you how big the market is and how much you could earn. Whether you're growing your app or building a new one, App Figures can help you reduce risk and get more downloads without a huge budget or a data science degree. It's affordable and simple. App Figures provides guides and tutorials to take you step-by-step -step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. Head to appfigures.com slash on slash gamedevbreakdown to try App Figures for free. If you like it, use our special code GDB3030 to get 30% off for three months. Again, that's GDB3030 to get 30% off for three months. Big thank you to App Figures for sponsoring the show. Clinton Keith is the author of a book called Agile Game Development. He's a consultant who basically travels from studio to studio, showing teams better methods for developing games. He has seen it all. He's contributed to many, many AAA games, all the way back to uh, Midtown Madness way back when. He's done incredible things in his career, and he's a, a really fun guy to talk to. But I thought it would be interesting to speak with him on the podcast and get his take on how the pandemic is impacting studios all over the place. And he had this to say. There is a cost. You know, we've been saying all along that, uh, you know, with, with, with teams, uh, these cross-discipline teams, co-location is best. And one of the, one of the things that uh, you have in an agile approach is these metrics that can tell you that, that, uh, you know, when, when you have cross, team that's co-located in the same area and they can just lean over and talk to each other that things you know, things get done 
and uh, so we've kind of discovered that there's, there's, there's tools that we can use to kind of improve communication, but at the same time that we've, we've discovered, you know, through just the pure metrics that, yeah, it is taking people longer to, uh, to work remotely. So Clinton has seen firsthand the impact the pandemic has had on studios all over the place, even at the top, most successful, high-budget levels. However, he sees a future where the workplace becomes hybrid. We're not always right in each other's faces, right across the table from one another. And I believe that's going to open up some big opportunities for people to telecommute, people who are not located in big major cities where the game industry is strongest, and... While the current situation is really unfortunate, it may cause a shift in the way people think at the studio level, at the hiring level, about letting more people in from more situations and more backgrounds. I think that is one positive thing we could carry forward. You know, the the core strength of agility is to have these regular, every two or three weeks, have these retrospectives where we discuss how can we improve our productivity? What have we done in the last two or three weeks that has either worked against it or improved it from the last time we had that retrospective and, uh, and come up with uh, a various thing to try these little experiments and how we could better work together based on you know, what's gotten in our way. So I think it responds traditional methods to, to change. And that's the whole point because, you know, the, the, the pandemic has changed everything, but, and game development or any IT development these days, it's like, hey, the, the, you know, the phones are constantly changing, our computers are constantly changing, the market is constantly changing, so we have to keep up with change. Quick plug, Clinton's book, Agile Game Development, is really very good. I enjoyed going through it. A lot of great industry stories and things like that, so let's move on. If you work with a major game engine, there's a really good chance you've heard of Kitbash 3D in the last six months at least. Kitbash 3D does assets for 3D assets for movies, TV, games, you name it. And in recent months, they've made a big push to reach more indies, more small studios, and they give away free stuff all the time. I got to speak with Max Berman and Banks Boutte, the founders of Kitbash 3D, about how their business works, how they're expanding, and all sorts of other cool topics. But Listen to this clip about how they discuss being a what they refer to as a digital company and listen closely for the amount of time they're spending on meetings right now on Zoom, on Skype, FaceTime, whatever it is, trying to synchronize their team. Check this out. You know, for for us, we are a digital company. You know, we have before the pandemic, um, we had an office in L.A. where um, the core team would work every day. Um, but a lot of a lot of our teammates are around the world, and so for us, video chat and spe- a ton of our partnerships, you know, we we video chat with because of the the convenience. And um, you know, now nowadays we're probably video chatting uh, a, a lot, probably eight to ten hours a day. I find myself talking to my screen, um, and and actually to to that point, I've I've started leaning into getting back on just an old fashioned phone call. Yeah. Um, because it's nice to not not look at a screen for the entire time uh, if you can put in headphones and walk around. Eight to ten hours per day to keep the team synchronized, to keep the company moving forward, to overcome the negative impacts of the pandemic. That is wild. And that's at the top levels of team leadership. Let's listen to another clip where Banks explains how the team stays connected in a positive way and how they try to check in and look after one another within the company. 
you know, certainly not to denigrate the, the massive amount of global strife this has brought on. Um, but for, for us as a team, it really helped us um, in some ways to get hyper-focused because it, it eliminated a lot of distractions and it gave us the, the opportunity to, um, to sink in um, and push forward together. And as a team, you know, culture, for, for, as a company, community is very important. And then as an internal team, our company culture and our, our, the way that we work together is at the core of why we're doing this. You know, we want to um, create a, a, an extraordinary experience for each other. And everyone on the team carries that mentality where we're all trying to enrich the lives of everyone else. So we make a, we make a big point of getting on full team video chats um, and just spending time talking. You know, we go, we, we have a thing we call Fuzzy Friday. Our parent company is We Are Fuzzy. And we go around, we go around the, the table and, and each person has the floor for however long they want it to talk about their successes as well as their, their opportunities for learning and uh, throughout the week. And we, we talk about really anything we want. And it's been a, a, a great way for us to keep our culture alive. That's something we've been doing back since we were in my garage. And, um, and it's something that we, we did in the office and now, now we do it online. And it's, it's, it's been one of my truly favorite parts of the week is to, to get to spend the end of our, our work week together friends. I think there's a really important message here about understanding whether or not you are part of the right team. And if you have a team like this, looking after one another at a time like this, there's a good chance you're with people you can really do great things with. And there's no time like the present to look around and check in on your situation and determine whether or not you're in the right spot. I think this was an interesting wake-up call for a lot of people. Jason Lee of Pixelmatic is one of the most recent people I spoke with, and I left him to wrap things up for last, not only because it was the most recent interview, but also because his company's perspective on remote workers is the, the next big thing, I believe, for the game industry. I was so impressed by this, and I was encouraged by this, as someone like many of you who is outside the main area for game development. Let's listen to how things have been going in the pandemic and how his company looks at the recruitment process. We were already sort of dis like our team was already distributed um, around the world. We were already working remotely even before True. Um, the whole pandemic. So we for us, it wasn't much of a transition at all. Um yeah, it, it was just like work as usual. <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah, things are just, yeah, just flowing. So if anything, actually, it's been easier for us to somewhat recruit because um, uh, like more people are sort of looking for remote work. Um, they sort of understood uh, in our setup at home uh, to better sort of work remote now. So it's been easier to sort of um, find people around the world um, in that sense. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm a contractor myself and I do tons of work from home. And while I hate what's going on, I do like kind of the mind shift that you guys were doing this before, but a lot of studios are thinking about ways they can implement this for the first time. And like I said, I'm from the St. Louis area. There's not a, not a booming game industry market here, but I, I think some people in this area are starting to get more opportunity for the first time. You know, it's, it's been hard for them previously and now it's sort of opening up a little bit. So maybe that's something positive we can take forward with us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think um, like for us, 
Uh, one of the big things that I, I sort of um, learned after joining Pixelmatic uh, with the whole remote work situation is that, you know, just being able to recruit, like, you know, like a, a whole, mm, like the, the talent uh, that you want from all around the world, from wherever you want, uh, it just gave us a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. than having, needing to be tied to a specific region, right? Finally, we hear from a company who believes that, In order to recruit the best of the best with no restrictions on yourself, you have to look outside your home city or the city closest to you where you do business. I was so blown away by that and so encouraged. Let's move on and wrap things up. I hope that while listening to these clips, you picked up some of these main ideas that just keep coming up. The more I talk to people, the more I hear this community is the strongest it's ever been. And we're going to make it through this together by staying together, by staying connected with the people around us in our groups, in our studio teams, the people who do the creative things next to us that we love doing so much. Those same connections keep us strong. So don't be discouraged. Don't give up. And you won't fail. If you keep taking steps forward, all you can do is eventually reach the finish line. Failure isn't failure until you stop trying. And I hope none of you will stop trying because by the time you hear this, you're already way too invested. You've spent too much time, too much energy. You deserve to win. Keep going. And it's as simple as that. Look after one another. Be good to one another. Be good to the groups who organize these events for you. Check in on one another and help in any way with that process that you can because we need to constantly bring in new people and encourage the people who have been doing this for so long. Thank you so much for giving me a chance to do this here today. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you want to follow more of my content, you can do that at CodeWriteplay.com. You can check out Game Dev Breakdown, the podcast, anywhere, and I'd love to have you along. I look very forward to catching you guys around the web. Thanks again. Todd Mitchell here. Have a great rest of the event. Thanks. All right. How about that, huh? I want to thank the organizers of Game Dev Camp 2020, uh, the studio Nerd Monkeys, and they have a, a couple of other groups who they team up with to throw that. It's a, uh, a fantastic event. The speakers were great. It seemed like everybody was very excited and very happy about the event, and I thought it was run very well. So kudos to them. Congratulations on that. Let's, uh, let's take those things to heart with us and do even better next year because, uh, you know, what could be worse than 2020 was? <laughs> I did upload this video to YouTube, so I will probably make that video live because it it doesn't look to me like the event hosts it separately. So I'm going to go ahead and flip the switch and make that video public. If for whatever reason you would like to see that video there on YouTube, you can see the sort of flashy backgrounds I made and everything not made, but included that's there. If you want it, I'll throw it in the show notes and do with that what you will Thursday. If all goes according to plan, we will have a very cool guest to uh, talk about his very unique app that's doing very well. It's a, a game app slash platform type thing, and uh, you'll you'll find out more about that on Thursday, but definitely tune in for that. Also, if you didn't check out this weekend's Game Dev Breakdown radio episode, we played music from Aggressive Inline, which uh, is a, a little bit of a throwback, and I thought that came out pretty well. So feel free to check that out. CodeWritePlay.com for show notes. Check out at GameDevPod, at CodeWritePlay, and me, at MechaToddZilla with one D and two L's on Twitter and reach out, connect, recommend things, give feedback. Always happy to hear from you all. So it's a new week. Go out and do good. 
and we'll reconvene on Thursday. This is Todd Mitchell saying work hard. Catch you soon. Congratulations on your game dev breakdown, whatever that is. Sounds idiotic to me. We'll be right back.